Bullet Venaka, everyone, and greetings from Fiji. I'm very sorry that I'm unable to join you live today because of the time differences, but I would like to thank WRI for organizing this webinar uh, on how to engage with the Talanoa Dialogue. And I know this is a subject on which everyone um, wants to have some discussions, and I am very, very grateful for the, to WRI for organizing this. I want to also thank our friends at Eclair and Can We Mean Business and Governor Jerry Brown's office for their participation and support. So the Talanoa Dialogue uh, 2018 was one of the most significant outcomes of COP23. And one of the reasons why it was so significant was because it represent a fusion of the worlds of negotiation at the UNFCCC processes and the world made up of observers and non-state party actors. And this particular fusion is really demonstrated in the Talanoa Dialogue in, a, in the sense that we all agree that at the end of 2018 we should have a reinforced ambition to increase action and ambition, and we should um, agree that the next round of NDCs should be informed by the Talanoa Dialogue. The, the other very significant thing about the Talanoa Dialogue is that it represents a way of doing dialogue in the Pacific, which is inclusive, which is participatory, which is transparent, and which really represents a, a method of telling stories for a purpose. And we're very proud in Fiji that the Talanoa Dialogue was so appreciated by all the parties and the non-parties and that it has been accepted as a way to uh, proceed with what was originally called the Facilitative Dialogue 2018. So one of the most significant uh, features of the Talanoa Dialogue is that it creates space for meaningful participation from non-party stakeholders. And really my comments today are going to focus on how best to effectively utilize this space. When we were conducting consultations in the May sessions of 2017 with the Moroccan presidency, the party said to us that they knew that the involvement of non-party stakeholders was an important factor for the success of the dialogue. However, how that was going to be factored in and how we were to ensure an effective use of the Marrakesh partnership and of the constituencies for observers was really a challenge because we wanted the participation to be meaningful and effective, but at the same time we wanted to ensure that there was a process whereby information could be used beyond the Talanoa Dialogues, for instance, of May. So the online portal allows for the uploading of input which is really unrestricted in terms of the amount of space you use in explaining your stories, in telling your stories, as long as the stories are relevant to the three questions of where are we, where do we want to go, and how do we want to get there. And of course, the dialogue is restricted by the methodology and by the spirit of Talanoa. Talanoa is constructive, it's inclusive, it is not about targeting anyone or by blaming anyone. It is really an opportunity to share stories in order that we can inform the political dialogue at the end of 2018 uh, at COP24 in order that we can, in fact, enhance ambition together and inform the next round of NDCs. 
So how can non-party stakeholders best utilize this important, very significant opportunity to take part in a dialogue with parties and agree on how we're going to proceed thereafter? The online portal, as you know, has already been launched. And if you go into the online portal, it really is self-explanatory about how you upload input. In addition to the uploading of input throughout the year, and you can already start to do that uploading, we are planning in the May sessions, Talanoa Dialogues, which are made up of both parties and non-parties. It was very important for us that the time spent on the Talanoa Dialogue should be dedicated, that delegates uh, from parties and non-party stakeholders should be able to focus on the important job of having this Talanoa. And it was very important that we should preserve the Pacific methodology of conducting this Talanoa. So for the May sessions, this is what you should expect. You should expect parallel work, working groups addressing each of the three questions, but not simultaneously. And let me explain how this is going to be done. We start off with an opening plenary, chaired by the two presidencies, and then we split into working groups, which will be divided uh, amongst six moderators, all from Fiji. The working groups will be made up, and, and I have to say that the numbers are not set in stone yet. It does depend on how um, things are organized in May. But what we plan at present is that the working groups will be made up of 35 people in, on one table, 30 of which will be parties, and five of which will be non-party stakeholders. The participants in the working groups will be able to tell stories, and we hope and we encourage that each participant will tell one positive story and one challenging story about how they engaged in innovative ways of moving forward on climate action. The summary of the working groups will be put forward to a closing plenary of the Talanoa, and so the summary will be divided amongst the three questions. So the six working groups on where are we, the six working groups on where do we want to go, and the six working groups, the parallel working groups, on how we're going to get there, will be in a summary and will be put before a closing plenary. A summary of the entire proceedings in May will also be uploaded onto the online, pla on online platform so everyone will be able to see how the Talanoas went in May. In addition to this, you can continue to upload input throughout the year until the end of October, and a synthesis report will be prepared at the end of October to inform the dialogue at COP24 and to ensure that the political leaders at COP24 can be properly informed about the nature of the dialogues and the input throughout the year. So for a non-party stakeholders, what are the sorts of questions you should be asking now? Given that each of the parallel working groups will have five non-party stakeholders. It is very important that non-party stakeholders now organize themselves so they can decide which stories must be told in the May sessions. This means five per working group, so five per parallel session. And similarly for the second, six working groups on where do we want to go, and similarly for the six working groups 
on how we're going to get there. Organizing yourselves according to your constituencies would be one possible way of doing this. However, it's very important that you look forward to the political dialogue at the end of this process. And you ask yourselves, which of your stories and what messages from your stories would you like the political leaders to use for the statements that they're going to make at COP24? This is now a time for you to help to shape that conversation. It's now a time for you to decide how you want to determine the messages at COP24. So if you want to tell stories about how children are involved in climate action, you must tell that story in May. And if you want to tell a story, for instance, about how difficult it was to move towards solar energy in your country, then you should tell that story with its challenges in the May session. The messages from those stories will go forward to the plenary, will be summarized, will be uploaded, and will be given to the political leaders at the end of the process. This is an opportunity and a rare opportunity for non-state actors to shape the kind of discussion that world leaders will have at the end of the year. It is not an opportunity to be missed. I do want to say a little bit about how I think that regional meetings and non-state party actors' meetings might proceed between now and May. Firstly, I think you should focus on how you want to organise your time, how you want to determine what input should be uploaded and who should be sitting at the table to represent a constituency, for instance, in May. Secondly, I think you should start asking yourself what sort of focus that you would like on the in the stories that you tell, thereby influencing the political dialogue at the end. Thirdly, and very importantly, we have to remember that the same non-party stakeholder does not have to participate in all three parallel sessions. So a good way to approach the planning is to ask yourself whether your story is more relevant to the first question, the second, or the third, and then decide what is your priority for telling your stories. It is very, very clear that this is, in fact, an opportunity not to be missed for non-party stakeholders, and the Fijian presidency really hopes that all non-party stakeholders interested in this process take full advantage of this opportunity in the May Talanoas. Vinaka Vakalevu, and I really look forward to working with you. I would like to say finally that the Fijian Presidency is available to guide non-party stakeholders at any time, and if you would like us to contribute to your dis discussions, either in webinar form or in person, please do let us know. We wish to guide you in every way. I'm sorry that I won't be able to take any questions today because this is a, a, a taped um, uh, intervention, but I know that Martin from the UNFCCC is on the call and he can help by providing any necessary clarification. In addition to this um, conversation, we are also looking to organize a follow-up webinar late in February or early March that will focus on discussing ideas for the kind of stories that can really help to bring this process to life. And I, I suggest that you look out for more information from WRI on this soon. So with that, vinaka vakalevu, I thank all the other speakers also, and I really look forward to hearing from you also on this webinar. Thank you. <laughs>